0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Why don't you find Matthew chapter 11 this morning? And we will start there. We were there last Sunday morning talking about the rest of faith. We're going to continue talking about that. The rest of faith. So let's go back here. Uh, to Matthew 11 are you ready Ready. all right Matthew 11 and verse 28 thank God for God's anointing thank God for his word thank God for his you know the the anointing will put you over how many all that amen you know sometimes you know people rely on different things Paul said I count everything but dung amen you know what dung is something you want to flush get away from the house yeah you know I counted all dung, you know, for the knowledge of the excellency of Christ, the anointed one. Amen. So, you know, the, the, that, that's important, right? The anointing, right? Amen. You know, uh, you know, education, nothing wrong with education. Get all the education you can, but don't let education rule you. Let the word of God rule you. Amen. They said, uh, one, Pastor Stormont said one time about Wigglesworth, he said he wrote this other preacher a letter, and uh, the preacher, when he saw Wigglesworth, he said, Wigglesworth, he said, that letter I got from you, you spelt the same word three different ways. Lewisworth said, did you understand what I meant? He said, yes, that's all I was after. <laughs> well, you know, Phyllis doesn't like misspelled words, and so thank God she keeps me straight. She's helped me a lot. But, uh, you know, th- there's something a lot more important than spelling your words right. One, one of our presidents said one time, it's a poor sort of a mind that can only think of one way to spell a word. I don't remember which one that was, but anyway. But have you know the anointing makes up the difference, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. And we should depend on the anointing to put us over. Amen. Now, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. This, that's the yoke of the Lord is to learn of him or learn something to learn from him. But, you know, learn of him. Amen. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Woo, that's a good scripture. Hallelujah. Uh, Isaiah talking about the rest of the Messiah. In Isaiah eleven ten. 10, he said his rest would be glorious. Glorious. Well, I found that to be true. You know, God's not, Jesus isn't talking about a natural rest here. He said, you'll find rest for your souls. Rest on the inside. You know, thank God for rest on the outside. You know, every now and then, I like to take a little, little rest, don't you? We used to take naps on Sunday afternoon, Phyllis and I, when we were younger. And uh, sometimes we'd take two hours. If we didn't have any place to preach that night, we'd go home and take a two-hour, three-hour nap. Wonderful! I can tell you're excited. <laughs> now we get, you know, now if I, I now you know, a little older, I, just 15 minutes and I'm good to go. You know, I can just 15 minutes and that felt I'm refreshed. It refreshes you, doesn't it? Right? Well, Jesus is talking about not a natural rest. You know, <clears throat> we all need natural rest, right? I mean, you know, you know, you don't, don't want to work yourself uh, to sickness, right? right? You know, God. You know, a a minister that I, he's in heaven now, but a minister that I know and known him for years, he's actually preached here, you know, he uh, was uh, one time began to have symptoms in his body and he went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, you got cancer. And he said, you know, we have to do something about it. He said, well, give me 30 days before we do anything. And so he said, I went home, prayed. And the Lord said to him, he said, well, Lord, how this, you know, what's going on here? And the Lord said, well, there's a couple of things. Number one, you didn't obey me what I told you to do in the ministry. Now, God didn't cause us to come on him. How many know that? This was the devil, but sometimes we open the door for the devil. And um, he said, you didn't do what I told you to do in the ministry with the healing anointing. And he said, number two, he said, you never take a day off. He said, you just go all the time. He said, your body's got to have some rest. I mean, your body's got to have some shutdown time, right? And he just went and went and went and went, you know. And so he repented of that and went back 30 days. And the doctor said, well, that cancer's gone. Well, that's not a bad way to get healed of it, is it? Right? Right? You know? You know, and that doesn't mean everybody gets something. That means they did something wrong. I'm not saying that. There's a devil out there, right? But in his case, he wasn't, one of the things was he wasn't resting physically. Well, there's a spiritual rest, you know. And God told Israel, yeah, I love this about God. You know, God told Israel, he said, "I want you to take one day a week off." Remember that? Called the Sabbath. And then he said, "I want to take I want you to take get this one year off. Every 7 days one day off, every 7 years one year off." How many like to work for God? <laughs> And, and, and the Lord, this is, you can find this in Leviticus 25. The Lord, the, Lord, he, the Lord was just saying what he knew they were going to say. He said, and if you say unto me, what will we do? He said, I'll command my blessing on you. And it, your land will bring forth fruit so much in the, in, in the sixth year, it'll be three years worth. Hallelujah. Amen. And did you know why they never did do it? They never did do it. I don't know about you. I'd have jumped on that. But you know why they didn't do it? No faith. They didn't trust God. What God wanted them to do is take a day off every seven days, take a year off every seven years. God was going to show the nations what the blessing of the Lord did. Right? That If God blesses you, you don't have to labor and strive like everybody else. Because Proverbs says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Right. And he adds no sorrow with it. That's right. And that word sorrow there is toil. In other words, one translation says no amount of labor can substitute or no amount of toil can substitute for the blessing. That's right. you, can work, you can work yourself to death, but it won't substitute for the blessing of the Lord. Nope. Amen. Yeah. And so that's what God wanted. He wanted them to be an example of of the blessing of the Lord, of just trusting God, trusting in His blessing. Praise God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'd have went for that if it had been me, you know. But we know they never did because you find they went into captivity. Listen now, they went into captivity. The Bible says they went into captivity for uh, 70 years. And when you study the Scriptures, Jeremiah prophesied this would happen, and God said, it's because... Of the Sabbath that's owned to the land. In other words, there's 70 years you should have taken off you to let the land rest. You didn't do it. Seventy times. Seven is what? Come on, Ernesty. 490 years. So for 490 years, they didn't do what God said do. And God said, okay, you're going into captivity and the land's gonna rest. Cause you're not going to be in the land. Yeah. Now there's a spiritual principle there. It's if we don't learn to enter into enter into the rest, man, the curse takes its toll on you. You got to learn to trust God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And I'm going to show you I'm going to show you some things here in a little bit that, that I think is going to help you. This I, you know, if this isn't helping you, hang around. But God wants us to enter into rest. Amen. Yeah. Now go back to the book of Hebrews. We were over here last Sunday morning, but I want to go back and I want to read this again. It's kind of just like, uh, look at this. I'm not going to go long this morning, but what I have to say, you need to get a hold of it. It'll change you on the inside. Because here's the thing about faith. Faith, before it changes your outside, it changes your inside. The Bible says there's joy and peace in believing. That's in Romans. So, if you don't have that peace on the inside, you don't have that joy on the inside, you're not in faith. Said, so how, how will I know, Pastor, if I'm in faith? You'll know. Did you all hear me? You'll know. Right? There's joy and peace in believing. When you're in faith, you'll know. Faith doesn't make plan B. Did y'all hear what I said? Faith just has a plan. The plan of God. If you're making plan B, it means you're making another plan in case God doesn't come through. But faith says if God doesn't come through, we're sunk. Because that's all I'm relying on. Right? Faith. Faith, listen now, faith causes you to rest. Jesus said this. It's in Luke 12... He said to the, his disciples, he said, neither be you of a doubtful mind. That's interesting. The word doubtful mind there, I think modern translations say don't be of an anxious mind, and, you know, something like that. But that word doubtful mind means to, it actually it means to be in suspense. Suspense. Have you ever, Anybody ever watched a suspense movie? What's, a, what's it mean? You don't know until you get to the end. I remember watching a, a suspense movie one time. It's an older movie, but it's got um, Cary Grant in it. How many know who that is? Walter Matthau's in it. Lee Marvin's in it. He always played a bad guy, almost always. Uh, who else was in it? George Kennedy. Some of these names, y'all, going. I don't know who you're talking about. Some of you are a little older, you remember these actors. Audrey Hepburn was in it. You know, and somebody was getting rid of pe- some, somebody. Somebody was getting rid of people. You know what I mean? They were, white, they were taking them out. And all along the movie, it looked like it was, first time I saw it, I mean, I didn't know the ending, it looked like it was Cary Grant. And I'm thinking, Cary Grant can't play that kind of role. He can't do that. Cary Grant's a good guy. He don't, he don't kill people. This can't be Cary Grant. And so I'm watching all the way to the end. It looks like it's Cary Grant. And I'm like, this can't be. But thank God, when we got to the end, it turned out it was Walter Mathau. You know how grumpy he was. He met Dennis the Menace. Some of you don't know that was Dennis's neighbor, the grumpy guy next door. All right, that's Walter Mathau. But anyway, he ended up being the guy. That, but it kept you in suspense. In other words, you did not know what the end was going to be. See that? God said, Jesus said, I don't want your minds to be like that. That you don't know how things are going to turn out. I've already told you how things are going to turn out. He's already given us His word. How it's going to turn out. Isn't that right? You know, I was watching a football game. It was like a, you know, the, the Thursday night football game. For all of you that don't care. The Thursday night football game is now on Prime Video. Okay? But what you gotta know is that the NFL network shows it after it's done on Prime Video. Well, I don't have Prime Video, but I got the NFL network. So I can still watch Thursday night's game. But I'm watching Thursday night's game, and down at the bottom they run a banner who won Thursday night's game. Now I'm ready to come through the TV and throttle somebody. I said, you're showing this game. Don't tell me who won the game. The suspense is gone. I already know how it's going to turn out. I don't know who's in charge of the banners at the NFL Network, but get a clue. We don't know who won it yet. That's why we're watching it, because we don't want to pay the money to get prime video. So we can watch the stupid Thursday night game. Thank you, Jesus. Is that clear enough? All right. So, but anyway, having no suspense. means you don't know how it's going to turn out. We, we should, as believers, we should be at rest knowing how it's going to turn out. It's going to turn out in our favor. Amen. It may not look like it right now. Right? Sometimes it doesn't look like it, but it's going to turn out in our favor. Hallelujah. When you know that, oh my, praise God. Amen. Now, look at this. We're in, a fee, or we're in Hebrews. Look at this in verse 18 of chapter 3. It says, To whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see they could not, Hebrews 3.18. So we can see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Hebrews 4.1. Therefore let us fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Uh, For unto us (coughs) was the gospel preached as well as unto them. How many know they had their form of gospel just like we have our form of gospel? You know, their gospel was God had a land for them, Canaan's land, the the land of promise. That was their gospel. Well, our gospel is uh, this new covenant, right? And all the inheritance and all the blessings we have in the new covenant that we've got to be careful that we don't just... Get so used to hearing us that we quit pursuing them. Right. We quit pursuing the blessing. Amen. Well, let me say it this way: We could quit pursuing the bless'er. Amen. He says, "For unto us the gospel was preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them, and heard." It. Well, how many know if it, if they didn't mix faith with it and they didn't get in? How many of, if we don't mix faith with it, we won't get in, will we? Right. Now he went on to say this. He says, uh, "For we which have believed." Do enter into rest, as he said, as I've sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although, this is important, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So what is the Lord saying there? He's simply saying this. Even though the works are already done, even though Christ has already died and he's provided everything that you and I could need, even though all that's been done, if we don't don't believe it, if we don't have faith for it, it won't profit us. It won't do any good. It's already done. How many of God's done provided everything we could need? That's right. You know, that's what the, the scriptures teach. That He's provided everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. It's all been provided. When you got born again, guess what? You got you got an inheritance. Didn't you? Now you you grow and walk in that inheritance. Isn't that right? You know what I'm saying? You you know, all the blessings are yours. There are certain things you probably won't receive till you get a little bit more mature. Amen? Like some of the power that goes with it. See, there's a reason why you don't necessarily give your 11-year-old the car keys. Because it's got too much power. Amen? You know, someone made me a overseer of their... Uh, will one time and they said they had they had a couple daughters uh, but they made me the oversee of the will because they said if we if we pa- pass on we don't want our 12 year old I think that's about what she was about the time we don't want her getting the money yet why because basically she would, destroy the inheritance or destroy herself with the money because she couldn't handle the power. Think about it. See, what if What if every word you said came to pass? Would that be good? <laughs> Come on, be honest with me. What? See, I just see, you're, you're driving down the road and, and you, you, you say something negative about somebody driving down the road. Just get out of the way. And if your words had power, they'd be in the ditch. Aren't you glad? So you got to grow, right? you got to grow into your inheritance. Amen? And so, um, is this all right? Yeah. So you got, you got to grow up, you know. But it's all yours, right? See, even the Bible talks about this, you know, that, you know, in, in Galatians it talks about, you know, be, you know being a, a baby. Even though it's all yours, you're not ready for it yet, you know. But now, you know, certain things, you know, you can walk in right away, but as far as walking in some of the power, you know, um, like one guy said one time, he said, God showed me that I'm going to have a greater ministry than all the apostles. Really, a guy said this. He said, God showed me I'm going to have a greater ministry than even Jesus. And here's what I have to say. Sit down, shut up, and grow up. Because you ain't. (laughs) You may have one, but it ain't going to be like that. All right. Now, so we have to, we have to understand that, you know, we enter into this rest by faith, even though already, it's already provided. Everything is already there. It's, God's already provided. Jesus doesn't have to do anything else. It's already provided. But we enter into rest. What does that mean? Well, when we have faith, when we believe, there's a, there's a rest on the inside of us. We enter into a spiritual rest. I understand that. I entered into that rest when I got born again. And I'm still, like the Bible says, you know, laboring to enter into that rest. See, that's what the Bible tells us. A few verses down, look at this. It says in uh, verse... Uh, let me find it here. Uh, verse 9 says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that has entered into his rest, he hath also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us therefore, notice this, labor or strive to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Well, you know, when you get born again, you enter into this rest, but there's more land to take. Have I mean, you know that? Just like with the promised land. When they, got, when they crossed the river, they weren't done. There was a lot more land to possess. And when you, when, you cross, when you get saved, you come across the, the Jordan River, you're on the other side, you're in the promised land, but there's still a lot of land to possess. There's still a lot of things that God has for us. I'm not done possessing the land. I'm not done. I'm still possessing it. I'm still possessing what God has for me in this new covenant. Amen. Now, we're, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Um, let me read to you this scripture how many are born again well if you're born again how many know you got something when you got born again this isn't taught a lot of times in churches they just you know I got saved I'm going to heaven but you got more than that you got you're going to heaven thank God for that but you got you got you got more than that you got some authority amen Mm -hmm. you got some you got some promises some blessings at things and you know a lot of people don't realize that they don't they're never taught this and so they don't know this they just think you know I got saved I'm going to heaven and that's all there is and live down here on the earth and the devil beat your brains out and you know like I said I heard one famous minister you know say that we, that we didn't have we believers didn't have authority over the devil I'm thinking boy we're in trouble that's the truth see missed the whole point missed the whole point why Jesus came Jesus didn't come to defeat the devil for himself, he was already defeated in Jesus' life, wasn't he? How I many he, he, the devil's already defeated in God's life, right? He he had no authority over God. He wasn't ruling the heavens, Amen. He just got authority over mankind. Jesus came to get it back. He got it back for us. I know we know this, but that this this minister is like supposed to be educated. And he's very popular. I mean, I'm not not naming him, so I'm not, I'm not slandering him. But he said it, you know, publicly. And so if somebody says something publicly, sometimes we have to correct what was publicly said. We don't have to name them. But just that's just wrong. I so said, that's just wrong. We have authority over the devil. Amen. Now his theology is basically, if God wants to help you, he will. If he don't, then you'll just have to suffer with the... Put up with the devil? No, no, no. My Bible says, "Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you." Right? It doesn't say he'll flee from Jesus. It doesn't say he'll flee from God. It said he'll flee from you. Now, the reason he flees from you is because he recognizes who's behind you. is that right? Amen. It's kind of like. <laughs> Have you ever been there? I've had the privilege of being, being, you know, we one time when we were in Uganda, we come around this corner, and uh, we ran into a herd of. We didn't, don't mean we hit them, but we ran into a herd of elephants. I mean, we weren't expecting it. We were just, you know, we were on this dirt road, and we were heading to the to the lake there, and uh, we come around this corner, and there were about fifty elephants. I mean, it was an awesome sight. And I filmed it. I've got it on my phone. Uh, but we were, we were in a safari thing. I mean, so we were in there where the animals were at, but we hadn't seen that yet. And, you know, you, you, don't, you don't see all the animals. Now, if you have a good guide, then they kind of they know where a lot of them are at. They taught us how to find, how we could tell if there's lions. They said, if there's lions out there, there's birds out there. You'll see the birds hanging around, the, the vultures and stuff around the lions, because they're going to clean up what they kill. So they hang out with the lions, which made sense. He he said, I don't see any birds flying out there, so there's no lions out there, you know, and all. And, and he you know he helped us. He was a Christian guy, and uh, and all, and a brother in the Lord. And but he knew what he was doing. But we, we weren't expecting this. We didn't know this was coming. We just come around this corner, and bam! There they are, man. There's like 50 of them. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, you got them from huge to the little guys. You know. And those little guys got just about as much sass as the big guys do. But the thing is, they're hiding behind the big guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they'll, they'll stick their, their little trunk out behind the big guy and go, <laughs> They feel really strong, brave, you know. Well, that's kind of the way it is with us with the devil, is we got the big guy right behind us, right? And when we say, devil, in Jesus' name, get out of here, the big guy's pointing and going, Yet. Amen. 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 I'm not saying this is, uh, you know, the most correct theology, but I'm just telling you, years ago I asked the Lord, I said, if I tell the devil, this is when I was a young, youngster in the Lord, if I tell the devil to flee and he doesn't flee, what happens? The Lord said, he'll have to deal with me. And he don't want that. He's already dealt with Jesus before How many know that. Amen. So, I just take this, that i got somebody bigger behind me, right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, He's got my back. He's got your back. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse... uh, Let's look at verse number 6. The Bible says, talking about what God's done for us, He hath raised us up together... And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, look, we're, we're raised up with Jesus, and notice this we're, we're sitting with Him. I said, we're sitting with Him. How you many know sit, a seated position is a place of rest? When you come into your house, you know, or somebody's house, somebody invites you over, what do they usually say? Have a seat, sit down. Amen. You don't just all stand around the whole time, you know. You 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 rest, you know, you sit down. You may ever sit down like, oh, that feels good. Because you've been standing for a long time? Well, it's a place of rest. See, the angels don't sit. Gabriel, when he came to Zechariah, he said, I'm Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. What do you think would happen if he went in there and sat down in the throne room? He'd be unemployed. Angels are servants, ministering spirits. They're working. But you and I are in a place of rest. Hallelujah. We're spiritually in a place of rest. We're seated with Christ Jesus. That's wonderful. So in other words, we're, we're, already, we're already in a seated place of rest with victory. We have victory. We're not trying to get victory. We have it. I mean, sometimes people, people pray about things... Now, listen, I believe in prayer, but people pray about things we already have. That's right. yeah. We already got it. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, there's a way to pray about it, things that you already have, and that's that's the prayer of faith, which is appropriating it, right? right? Mm-hmm. But some people pray about things. When I say they pray about things, they're praying about things, begging God to do something, and he's already done it, that's right. Right? That's right? You know, <laughs> Now, I, I, pray for, I pray for things, you know, a spiritual awakening in our country. I pray for those things. We need an awakening in America. Amen. I pray for those things, you know, and all that. But you know what? Listen, in my own life, if I, wanna, if I want more power, I just need to walk in it. I don't need to pray God to give me more power. He's already filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, maybe I, Lord, teach me to walk in it. Right. Lord, help me to walk in it. But I, I don't need to ask for it. I already got it. Right. Right. Amen. Yeah. I already have it. You already have it. Yeah. So you sometimes we're praying for things that all, in all honesty, really God can't really answer that prayer because he's already given it to us. Yeah. Lord, just give me more power. Well, you know, dedicate yourself when you have more power. Right. Yeah. Isn't that right? right? So how many are following what I'm saying? Yeah you know so you you just got to you got to realize we already got it we already have it it's already ours amen and i can pray the prayer of faith that's what's the prayer of faith the prayer of faith means you believe you believe it's been provided you believe it's already yours you're just appropriating it through that prayer of faith you're not talking god into doing something amen now look at this uh did you get anything out of that all right, I've got to close out. Let's go to Isaiah 50. I want to show you something here. <clears throat> Isaiah 50. I must not be doing a very good job today, but I'm trying. It just seemed like you're not, you know, like, eh, whatever. But anyway, I'm trying. All I don't always try. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe next time. I don't know. Isaiah 50. I know I'm working hard. Amen, every now and then would help me maybe. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Steve. This here in Isaiah 50 is kind of like one of these obscure scriptures that you don't really read much, but it really says a lot. Isaiah chapter 50, look, look at verse 10. It says, who is among you that fears the Lord? Does anybody among, him, among me fear the Lord? Yeah. And obeys the voice of his servant. You obey his servant, Jesus? Yeah. But look at this that walks in darkness and has no light, let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Now that almost seems like, what? But listen, I mean, there's a truth in here that sometimes we don't always know what's going on. It's dark to us. But what do we do when we walk through... Places where we don't really understand why this was going on. He said, trust in the name of the Lord and stay, or you could say, rest upon your God. In other words, even when we don't know what's going on. Remember Job, he went through some things. He didn't know what was going on, did he? Did he? All that trial he went through, he did not know what was going on. Listen, you can just read the things in the book of Job and realized Job didn't really know what was going on one thing now he didn't he didn't accuse God uh, falsely this is just the revelation he was walking in he he, he said he, he actually said to his wife you know we've accepted good from God can't we accept evil but how many you know that evil wasn't coming from God the Bible tells us Satan went forth and smote Job It was coming from the devil but he didn't know that how many you know he didn't have the New Testament See, we think, we think, you could think that, you, that Job ought to know, but, this, but I want you to think about this. If, if you didn't have the New Testament, how much would you know about the devil? They're basically nothing. Very little is mentioned about the devil in the New Testament. There are some passages Isaiah talks about his fall Ezekiel talks about his fall. But you have, to, you have to have some New Testament knowledge to even figure that out. Right? So I don't think we realize how much we've learned out of the New Testament. But you take these Old Testament saints, they didn't know all these things. Job didn't Job didn't have all that. He just thought everything that happened, it was, either, it was God. And it wasn't God. He was in darkness. But yet... Yet, even though he still trusted the Lord, didn't he? He told his, he, he, he said, though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. He still had his faith intact. Has anybody besides me ever gone through something? You don't know why this is happening. You don't know what's going on. Where is God? Well, the Bible says in those places, trust in the Lord. Why? Because, listen, he's got you covered. Hallelujah. Said, he's got you covered. There was a time, and <laughs> we won't read it. We got to stop here because I got to pray for some people. But, but there was a time that happened with Judah. <clears throat> some of you remember this incident where, a <clears throat> excuse me, Jehoshaphat was king and there were great armies came against Judah. And uh, someone came and told him, said, Man, there's a great multitude coming against you. And he went before the Lord and he said, Lord, he said, We don't know what to do. Has anybody ever been there? We don't know what to do. I've done everything I know to do. Right? We don't know what to do. But our eyes are on thee. Hallelujah. And he called all all the families of Judah came together and they sought the Lord, you know. I mean, that's a good thing to do when you don't know what to do. They sought the Lord and the Bible said, the Spirit of the Lord came upon a man and he began to prophesy. And he began to say to them, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go ye out against them. Behold, they'll be at the cliff of Ziz. You shall find them by the brook in the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Stand yourself, set, set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Amen. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem. And the Bible says they praised the Lord with a loud voice on high. They didn't see any physical evidence. They just had a word from God. Hallelujah. And they began to praise the Lord with a loud voice on high. Jehoshaphat consulted with the people and said, what are we going to do here? And they came up with this bright idea. I don't know whether the praise team had been off lately or something, but they said, let's send the praise team out front. Let's send them out. So they sent the praisers out before them. How many know they did that because it was God? And and the praisers went out before the, the army. Before the army. Not behind the army. Before the army. Can you imagine, man, this army's out there? They're wanting to see this army is a raiding army. These armies, there's like three of them. They're raiding armies. They're raiding. They're stripping these countries of their their wealth. They have all this wealth on them. And they're coming to get Israel's. And they see the choir comes out in front of the army. And they're saying, Praise the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And the Bible said when they praised the Lord, they began, the Lord set ambushments against these enemies. Hallelujah. The Lord took care of it. Amen. Joseph said, we don't know what to do. We're going to trust you. And God said, I'll take care of that. And the Bible says when they, got, it said when they got there, they had killed each other. The enemy armies had killed each other. And I like this. It says they went to strip the spoil off of them, and they were three days in gathering the riches off of them. It was so much. Hallelujah. And it goes on to tell you, and Jehoshaphat had rest throughout all his realm. Why? His faith brought him into rest. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. He left it in the hands of the Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've had that before. You've had that before. Well, I don't understand why. You know, I'm not being delivered here. I don't understand why this is. Don't even go there. Just trust God. You say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. Yeah. Right. You're going to bring me out on the other side with victory? Yeah. Hallelujah. And here's the thing about God. When he brings you out, like he brought Job out, he'll bring you out with twice as much as what you had before you went in. Glory be to God. That's the good thing about God. He's got something in mind. Hallelujah. Anybody think that, uh, I'll close with this, I think. Anybody think that uh, maybe you don't appreciate him if you have not been under his ministry all the years that I was. But anybody think that Brother Hagin really had an impact on the body of Christ? Are you kidding me? You hear people preaching today, including myself, all over the world. They're preaching what they learned from Brother Hagin, which came out of the Bible, by the way. If it didn't come out of the Bible, it's not worth anything. Because Brother Hagin would say, don't say I said it. Say the Bible says it. (laughs) He would say that. (laughs) But anyway, uh, but did you know his life started out, Pretty pathetic. The, the devil attacked him. You know what I'm saying? He 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 was his 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 own grandmother, and when he was born, his own grandmother was taking him out to the backyard to bury him. They thought he was dead. And she felt a little bit of she was going to the smokehouse to get a shovel to go bury her grandson. And she felt him move a little bit. That's probably an angel touched him, you know. And she brought him back in and told the doctor, said, well, I, I think he's alive. I felt him move a little bit. And, and what, what do I do? What do I feed him? And he threw a packet of formula on the bed and said, hey, just had a packet. He had it in his pocket. Threw it out on the bed and said, feed him that. That'll last longer than he will. Brother Hagin was 86 years old. I remember him saying, I outlasted it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But one thing the Lord said to him, he said, you went through some of these things. Now you can teach my people faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe if the devil had known that Brother Hagin's ministry was going to impact millions of people in the body of Christ, millions of people graduate Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Bible students have Bible colleges in different nations of the world. Literally, turn a generation. Listen now, he literally did. His his teachings on faith literally turned a whole generation of the body of Christ away from doubt and unbelief and and defeatism. Really? How many think if the devil would have known that, he might have left him alone? But the devil's so dumb, he has brain damage. Jesus stepped on his head. That he's still messing up the same way today. He'll mess with you, and God will bring you out with twice as much as what you had before you went in there. And the devil's like, why did I bother to do that? I'm telling you, this is the truth. But in those places where you don't know what's going on, like that scripture said, what are you supposed to do? Trust in the Lord, rely on the Lord, rely on God. He'll get you through it. Lord, I don't know everything going on here. Right? Anything I need to know, you can tell me, but whatever. I'm going to trust you all the way through to the other side. I'm coming out. Hallelujah. And quit singing the songs of doubt. Amen? Amen. Quit staying away from the house of the Lord. Get your, don't let the devil know he's even got you even thinking about it. Don't give him the pleasure. You just come to church and praise God. In your house, praise God. In your shower, praise God. Hallelujah, drive them down the road, praise God. Let's quote the word of God. Amen. Amen. Be found present in the house of the Lord, raising your hands, giving an offering. I've seen people that go the opposite way. They're doing just exactly what Job's wife said, curse God and die. Give up. Well, I don't know about you. I'm not going to give up. That's right. Hallelujah. I'm going to stick with it. Amen. Thank God for His Word. Praise God. Come on up, Jill. Glory to God. Let's give the Lord thanks today. Hallelujah. Father, help us to enter into the rest. The rest that you have for us. The rest that you have for us. There's a rest of faith where we just put our faith in you. We trust you. You're going to bring us through. We latch on to the promises of God. The things that are written in the Bible. Things that are written in the New Testament. Those promises those precious promises, we latch on to those. That you, there's, there's just so many, Lord, we, we could just quote them and quote them and quote them, but man, some of those promises, they just cover everything. You say you always cause us to triumph in Christ. You always give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You've, always, you've made us more than conquerors through him that loved us. So there's just all kinds of verses, Lord. If we're dealing with any kind of sickness, We've got that promise where you said, Peter, that it's just a fact that by whose stripes you were healed. Uh, If we're dealing with with, uh, any kind of oppression, we thank you that Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. And Isaiah said we would be far from oppression under this new covenant with the righteousness of Christ. And we thank you for it, Lord. Nobody has to live a defeated life. Nobody has to go around all tore up turmoil all their lives, there's a rest to the people of God. It's a rest that just trusts you no matter how dark the day may look right now, we know light is ahead, praise God. We know we're coming out on the other side. We, we know that victory is assured because Christ the forerunner went before us and He gained the victory for us. He said to His own disciples, Be of good cheer. Talking about the world, and tribulation. I have overcome it. He did it for our sakes so we could be overcomers. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.